Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. Hands up right now and say, Holy Ghost, bring the anointing back and bring the vision back. I want the vision for 2014. Can I get a witness somewhere in this house? Hallelujah. So we understand that in a supernatural sense of scripture, the, the lamp is a, is a prophetic parallel of the presence of God. Hallelujah. So we understand that in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, the prophetic prefiguring is how when the vision is held back, it is a sign of lack in the anointing. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Put your hands up right now and say, Holy Ghost, download into my spirit in 2014 a fresh new vision, a fresh new anointing. Can I get a witness somewhere? <laughs> Hallelujah. This means that the vision is always going to lead you and guide you away from stagnation. There are some of us here that are stagnating. We don't have a fresh vision. We're doing everything that the Lord did maybe 2009, 2008. Some of us are stuck in 2010. There are even some of us stuck in the 80s. We didn't know that the Holy Ghost moved to 2014. Hello, somebody. Can I get a witness? There's some of us even stuck in the 70s. Hello, somebody. But the vision is going to lead you away from stagnation into the destination of your destiny. Put your hands up right now and say, no more stagnation. I'm coming into the destination of my destiny in 2014. Can I get a witness in this house? In the book of Acts, the text teaches how the vision became a navigating tool in the life of Paul. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we release the 2014 vision into your life to be a navigating tool. That means it's going to guide you where God wants you to go. You can't be led by your flesh or led by your emotions. You need the vision to guide you. You need the vision to be a navigating tool into the supernatural. Put your hands up and say it. It's not business as usual, but I need the anointing and I need the vision to be a navigating tool to bring me into that place of promise. In Acts chapter 26, verse 19, the Bible says it was a vision that brought Paul into clear direction into the highest perfection of destiny. See, there are some of us here. We just go day by day. We just hope God will open a door. We go day by day trusting God and saying, God, when are you going to open the door for me? When are you going to get that prophecy to pass? When am I going to see your hope? When am I going to see you do something for me? But for Paul, Paul didn't make a move unless there was a vision from heaven that came downloading into his spirit. He was led by the supernatural. And that's what God wants to do for you today. It brought Paul 
into clear direction and highest perfection of God's will. How many of you want clear direction and the highest perfection of God's will? Acts 26 verse 19, Paul said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Say this with me, Father God, before December 31st, 2013, I'm going to be in an already anointing in 2014. God's going to already show me who I am. God's going to show me where I'm going. God's going to show me what he's got prepared for me. Come on, people. God's going to show me what he's got for my children. God's going to show me what he's got for my church. God's going to show me what he's got for my future. God's going to show me what he's got for my missions, what God's got ahead. Somebody ought to say, I need that revelation now. God's got to download into my spirit the 2014 destiny word if you go with me just for a moment to Habakkuk and I want you to see Habakkuk there are two prophetic principles say it with me two prophetic principles two prophetic principles of Habakkuk 2 verses 1 and 2 and I want to share it with you Let's read it all together. The Bible says, I will stand upon my watch and I will set me upon a tower. I will watch to see what he will say to me. Are you ready to watch to see what he's going to say to you concerning 2014, concerning where you are? You know, may, God may tell you to do something you never thought you were supposed to do. God may tell you to go with people you never thought you'd be fellowshipping with because the vision always breaks you out of the box. The vision's going to bring you into something that you don't have anything in the natural to attain. That's why the Christmas message, Mary said, how can this be? Because I don't know a man. God's always going to call you to do something that you don't have anything in the natural to do it with, but God's going to make it happen. Hello, somebody. I will stand upon my watch. I will set me upon the tower and I will see what he will say to me. Write the vision, make it plain upon the tablets that he may, that readeth it may run with it. With these two verses of scripture, there are two prophetic principles that I want you to see that are going to come with the vision. The first prophetic principle that's going to come with the vision is that the vision will lift your dream. How many of you here have a dream? Did you know that the, that the whole month of 2014 in January is going to be dedicated to I have a dream? Hello, somebody. Nelson Mandela, one of the greatest men of God that ever lived. One of our heroes who stopped apartheid and his, his protege, I want to say, Dr. Martin Luther King, whose day we're going to all honor his loving legacy in January of 2014, I have a dream. Dr. King didn't, ha didn't wait for everything to be put into his hands to have a dream and to make it happen. Dr. King had to make that dream happen. Amen? And the Bible says that the, in Habakkuk chapter 2, the vision will lift your dream into a place of elevation. How many of you want your dream elevated to the next level? Touch your neighbor and say, my dream cannot get to the next level without vision. Come on, say it with me. My dream cannot get to the next level unless I have vision. 
So it's going to bring you to a place of elevation. That's why Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1 says, I will stand upon my watch and he will set me in the tower. The tower is a high place of elevation so that you can see out into the distance. You cannot have vision if you are stuck with, with uh, vision disorders. You know, those who have problems with their eyesight go to see a doctor. And the first thing that the, uh, that the ophthalmologist is going to do is he's going to see, are you nearsighted? A nearsighted person, that's something I have, it's my optic vision disorder. A person who is nearsighted cannot see anything far away. All they can do is see is right, what's right in front of them. There are many of us here right now, our vision cannot get to the next level because we have spiritual myoptic vision disorder. We can only see what's in front of them. We can only see the daily problems. We can only see the daily heartache. We can only see the daily obstacle, but we can't see what's ahead. But right now, God wants to heal you of spiritual myoptic vision disorder. God wants you to be able to see out into the future. And the only way that can happen is when the vision brings you to a place of elevation. Can I get a witness? So the vision is going gonna, is gonna to bring you to a place of elevation. Second thing the vision is going to do is the vision is going to bring you to a place of acceleration. That means it's going to speed up things that would have taken five years to accomplish. Touch your neighbor and say, I don't want to wait till April to start getting a clue of what God's will is for 2014. I want to run into 2014. I want destiny to begin to start colliding with me. Can I get a witness somewhere? I can't get any help in this house today. Somebody got to say, God, put my vision, take it from a place of elevation into a place of supernatural acceleration in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, here we are. Are you ready? Touch your neighbor and say, I'm ready. I don't believe this is at all by any means the full vision for 2014. But God has laid upon my heart certain things that he wants us to do to prepare for 2014. So I call this the preparation for the power of 2014. First of all, we need to look at the concept in Hebrew called the concept of gematria. Say it with me, gematria. What is gematria? Gematria is a system that is assigning numerical value to a word or a phrase in belief that the phrases with the identical numerical value have some relationship between one another. I would say, now, this is this is extremely delicate situation because I've heard people talk about numerical equivalences and they use the word numerology. I'm very uncomfortable with that word. I don't want to use that word. That word is very deceiving and it can lead you astray. And then there can be some people that aren't quite um, involved in the scripture and just came for the hallelujah jump and they're not willing to study the word of God, okay? And they can be led into deception very easily by that word numerology. That is not a word. If you see the word numerology, let it go up on your back like like a spine. Let your spine become like ee, a red flag, okay? Don't go near it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about today numerical values and numerical equivalencies. Why? 
because oftentimes in the Semitic languages, and I believe it's the same in Arabic that you have in English that uh, as, as you have in Hebrew, numbers and letters are the same. So the rabbis have developed a very uh, sophisticated form of exegesis. This is one of the ways that we can exegete texts and that we can look at the numerical equivalency by using drash and using remez, comparing things with one word with another word. And therefore, we can see that there are interrelationships between these words that help us understand the meaning that the Torah and the Tanakh had in mind when the writers were writing these particular words. I go there because the numerical value of 14, David, hallelujah, the name David has the numerical value equivalency of 14. This is extremely important, and how can we prove it in the Word of God? Well, let's go to Matthew since we're talking about Christmas, okay? Go with me to Matthew chapter 14, and I do believe that the author of the book of Matthew, Matthew himself, was using a very, uh, the gematria method of uh, preparing the text, and because he used in the genealogy of Jesus Christ, he used 14 as a, as a particular number that would separate the generations because he is the only writer in the gospel that uses the tribe of Judah as the genealogy, using David as the ancestor of Jesus. So we see this concept. The scripture says in verse 17 of Matthew 1, so all the generations from Abraham to De David are 14 generations. And from David unto the carrying away of Babylon are 14 generations. And the carrying away from Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. So now we say, okay, Dr. Corral, that's nice that, that, um, that, 2014 has the equivalence of David, but what does that mean to me? There are certain things that we need to know, dear people of God, in the word of God that are going to happen that are like David in 2014. The first prophetic promise of 2014 that I believe is a Davidic promise is that you are going to see God's vindication and your exaltation over your enemies. Okay, let, let, let me just stop right here. Say it with me. In 2014, a Davidic anointing is going to fall on the church. And I'm not going to miss my vision in 2014. Because for David, God put an anointing of vindication, hallelujah, through exaltation over your enemies. That means God's going to vindicate you by exalting you over your enemies. Can I get a witness? Touch your neighbor and say Davidic anointing. Psalm 23, verse 5 said, you prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That is, hallelujah, God's vindication through your exaltation over your enemies. <laughs> Psalm 25, verse 2 says, oh Lord, let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemy triumph over me. God is saying in 2014, your enemies are not going to triumph over you. Receive the word. 
There's a little bit of resistance against God's word, so let's just pray it in. And those who don't want it, we release you from receiving it. But those of you who want this word, you better stand up and receive it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. In Psalm 41, verse 11, the Lord says, David said in the Psalms, by this I know that you favor me because my enemy does not triumph over me. This is the 2014 prophetic promise of a Davidic anointing that God wants to give to his church. The second promise of a Davidic anointing that God says, he says it's a coming year of coming into perfection through character correction. That's something about David. He was a person who knew how to come into perfection through character correction. That means that we might have fallen down a few times, but we're going to take ownership over where we fell. And we're going to say, have mercy upon me, O Lord, and blot out through your mercy my transgression. Can I get a witness somewhere? Somebody ought to say, I'm not going to be the same person that I was in 2013. God is putting an anointing upon me for 2014. Somebody ought to give God the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 39. David said, I will take heed to my ways that I do not sin with my mouth. Hallelujah for my sin that I may not sin with my tongue. I will keep a watch and a bridle over my mouth when the wicked are before me. Touch your neighbor and say it's a Davidic anointing. God's going to put a fresh new power upon my life to walk in the light and in the anointing through that anointing of perfection through character correction. Can I get a witness? And the third thing that we're going to learn about David that I believe this is just a preview of coming attractions. If you're ready to receive it, touch your neighbor and say, I'm not going to go in with just one little blessing, child. I've come too far. I paid too high of a price just to take some little trickle blessing. I'm here to get all that God's got for me. I got, uh, I, I don't know if... Did you bring some baskets today? Did you bring some suitcases today? Did you bring everything and say, I'm going to fill it up with the promises of God in 2014? Can I get a witness? It's the year of establishment of bringing God's power to the pinnacle of God's presence to the pinnacle of power. That's a Davidic anointing. David, David boldly went up and he said, we're taking this ark out of Kiriat-Yerim and we're going to bring it into the place that it needs to be. Kiriat-Yerim was a place where they put the ark after the destruction of the, of the tabernacle in Shiloh and they never inquired of the Lord through the tabernacle all the days of Saul. It's, it's very interesting to see where the borders are in Kiriat-Yerim near a place called Baal Judah. 
which is right on the borderline of the Philistines in Israel. And for 20 years, the Ark of the Covenant was left in obscurity till David came into power in a place right near the Philistine borders. But David said, I'm going to go up and I'm going to take the ark and I'm going to bring it into a place of worship. I'm going to set up a tent for God's presence. I'm going to set up a tent of God's power. I believe the tabernacle of David is going to be established at the Way TV, that there's going to be 24-7 Christian worship going up because that's your greatest anointing. And God is saying he's going to show you how to set up the tabernacle of David with 24-hour prayer and worship going up in the prayer. And this is what's going to cause the entire station to bring down the power of God. Somebody ought to say amen. Last thing I'm going to share with you is that 2014 is going to be a blood year. Maybe you didn't hear me. I said 2014 is going to be a blood year. You say, Dr. Corral, what do you mean by a blood year? If you go with me to Exodus chapter 12, you will understand that on the 14th day of the first month, that it was the day that the blood was applied to the doorposts. And the Lord said, when I see the blood, I'm going to pass over you. Touch your neighbor and say, 2014 is a blood year for me. It's a year of protection from the plague of the wicked one. It's a year of healing over my children. It's a year of healing over my family. It's a blood year. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper, and every tongue that rises up in judgment against me is going to fall before me. God is going to use the blood as a weapon of war. I'm going to place the blood on the doorposts and place the blood around my children and place the blood and you. Use the blood as a weapon of war. Somebody ought to say 2014 is a blood year. That means we're going we're gonna to come to the knowledge of the power in the blood that we've never known before. We're going to come into a realization of the power of the blood of Jesus. This is what the Bible says, hallelujah. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 12, verse 6, you shall keep it until the 14th day, meaning Passover, till the 14th day of the same month and assemble all of Israel. And at the going down of the sun, you shall kill it in the evening. Verse 7, hallelujah. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the sides of the posts of the house. God is saying 2014 is going to be a year that the blood is going to be applied to every place that the enemy tried to drive, keep you in bondage. He tried to keep you stuck in your place of pain. He tried to keep you stuck in that place of bondage, but the blood is going to bring you out into a place of promise and a place of purpose. Can I get a witness? And last but not least, as our dear brother last night was so um, eloquently sharing about the blood moons that are going to appear because I do believe in 2014, this is going to be a year of the beginning of the end. This is going to be a year that the supernatural signs of the coming of Christ are going to be more apparent in the earth than we've ever seen before. 
The Bible tells us in Joel chapter 2, verse 30, I will do signs in the heaven and in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and pillars of smoke. And the Bible says in Joel chapter 2, verse 31, and the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall be turned to blood before that great and terrible day of the Lord. I believe this is a time of the seals of revelation being opened. My particular view is that the sixth seal in the book of Revelation is about to be opened. It's a countdown to the end. The sixth seal is the secret of, it begins, it's, it's prefigured with the fifth seal. The fifth seal is the seal of the martyrs that were crying be, below the altar of God saying, how long, O Lord? But Revelation chapter 6, verses 9 and 10 says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And white robes were given unto them that they should not rest, but for a little season until their, the, the others should be killed, should be fulfilled. And the scripture goes on to tell us in verse 12, And I beheld when he had, had the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became a sackcloth and, a, a, of hair, and the moon became as blood. Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, verse 25, that the sign before his coming will be that the moon shall become as blood. Joel chapter 2, verse 30, and the sun, verse 31, and the sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord. I want you to know, dear people of God, that the scripture is going to be fulfilled in terms of the moon being turned to blood in 2014. It's not something I'm predicting. I'm, no, I'm not some person up here saying this is what God told me. Dear child of God, just go on NASA website, and you will understand that on April 13th, 1949, and in October 7th of 1949, a very strange phenomena appeared. April 13th, 1949 was the very first time Israel celebrated Passover in the Holy Land and became a nation after 2,000 years. October 7th was the Feast of Tabernacles or Sukkot in 1949. And for the second time, the Bible tells us that the moon is going to be turned to blood. These are lunar eclipses. That a lunar eclipse appeared on Passover and a lunar eclipse appeared on Feast of Tabernacles in 1949. And then again on April 12th in 1950 and October of uh, Sukkot in 1950, a lunar eclipse appeared. A set of tetrads within a two-year period in 1949 and in 1950. Why do you need two sets? Why do you need uh, a blood moon in uh, Passover and a blood moon also in Sukkot? And then the same year, a, uh, a blood moon in Passover and a blood moon in Sukkot because the heavens are bearing witness. The Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word of God be established. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of the Lord and the firmament showeth forth his handiwork. The scripture tells us that 
These blood moons will appear in Passover 1967 and in Sukkot of 1967 and in April 13th of 1968 and in October 18th of 1968, a second set of tetrads appeared. And of course, we need to understand it was during the Yom Kippur six-day war that Israel won. Hello, somebody. Are you with me? Now scheduled a set of blood moons. And the first one is going to happen April 15th during Passover. Night, uh, in April 15th. 2014 and again a blood moon will appear over Israel and again NASA is telling us that in October of 2014 which happens to be Sukkot another lunar eclipse is going to appear in the sky and a very strange phenomena that's never happened in between these blood moons these blood moons are called blood moons by NASA because they're lunar eclipses and the red rays off the earth the radiation off the earth when the when the moon glides right in the atmosphere of the earth there when there is a perfect eclipse the the moon look like their blood so we need to understand this is going to happen in 2014 and in 2015 what does that tell you that tells you and I that we need to be ready for the second coming of Christ would you stand to your feet right now thank you for joining us today on day of destiny we invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book secrets of the anointing also we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans providing water wells providing medical supplies clinics feeding programs and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give text hesed c-h-e-s-e-d to 7797 that's hesed c-h-e-s-e-d to 7797 you are also invited to visit dr michelle corral facebook or instagram we look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next day of destiny podcast